you're tuning in to Taz Encounters on Faith FM and we are coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania. I'm your host, Tabitha Zakaria, and today we have David Maxwell joining us from Launceston. David will be continuing with this series of programs titled Amazing Love. Welcome, David. Hi, Tabitha. How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you today? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. That's good to know. You've had a good week so far? Oh, very good week this week. Yeah, yeah. we've had some answers to prayer, and I'll talk more about that in a moment. Oh, that's good. Um, so, David, you've been sharing a bit. I don't think if I should say a bit because <laughs> it, to me it's like it's a lot. Mm. Yeah, mm. and I actually feel like I know a lot about you already. But yeah. I believe there's more to share. There's always more to share. Am I oh, there's right? always more. Yes, there's always more. I wanted to continue sharing about answers to prayer in my life mm. um, so that people can just see that... Um, you know, when we pray to God, it's really, really practical, and He does answer our prayers. Mm. And look, I'm I'm no different from other people. I have, I have concerns. I have things that seem to trouble me, and so I take it. I've learned to take it to the Lord in prayer and and to ask Him to provide solutions where He needs. He He did it just this week and turned around the impossible to the possible, which is just exciting. But what I wanted to share is when uh, last last time I was talking about my call to ministry and how God confirmed that with with many of the prayers we asked and he gave us very, very direct answers. Mm. Well, something else he did was as we were going through and, and as I was finishing my study, mm-hmm. so I'd gone to Avondale, uh, the Adventist College, mm-hmm. to complete the study full-time because it was just taking too long uh, part-time. So while we were there in the last few months, we had not received a, a call to any any um, um, state or conference in Australia or overseas, and so we, uh, I was getting a little concerned, and I was thinking, well, well, didn't you call me to be a pastor, Lord? You know what 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 do you have for me? And an opportunity came up to. Uh, become uh, the corporate chaplain for sanitarium and so even though the application time had expired my wife was working in sanitarium at the time Mm. and the HR manager told her to tell me look just apply anyway Mm. but they were having a week uh, week holiday and so I applied and then they'd gone on leave and and I'm wondering what's going on what's happening not hearing anything so on the Friday we decided to start praying quite directly Mm -hmm. and I remember praying and asking God well you know you called me I'm sure you called me to be a pastor not a chaplain so can you please show us and and we gave we asked God um, not not told him but we asked God to please give us give us a direct sign and if we were meant to be, if this is the calling, if we were meant, if we, if we were called to do this work and then become a, a chaplain, then then don't let us get any other calls. But if God wanted us to be a pastor, then please, mm-hmm. um, in His grace, if He could give us a call before they came back to us about the sanitarium um, chaplaincy, and that was on Friday. We started praying. We fr- prayed Saturday, Sunday. Monday, Tuesday, and on Wednesday, I got a phone call saying mm. there's a call. Um, somebody has called you to their conference uh, to work, and we were called down to ta- um, Victoria. Mm. And it was just fabulous to watch God unfolding as we put our lives completely in his hands, mm. asked him for a direct sign, and then he answered 
very, very directly. So God is good. God is graceful, and He does answer our prayers. Mm, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, there's just so much. Uh, my personally, I've had experiences where God has answered my prayer and um, got me out of very um, tricky situations. And um, yeah, just so much really um, to prove that God is uh, always looking out for us and listening to our prayers. Mm. Um, yeah, so David, did you want to share, is there anything happening this weekend? Yes, this weekend we're continuing with our history of tomorrow, secrets of the future, and we're looking at a couple of really interesting topics mm. tonight at Scottsdale and tomorrow evening at Launceston, rebuilding the temple yep. and inside the Lost Ark. People will find those very, very interesting. There's talk about rebuilding the temple. So we're going to be looking at what that means uh, scripturally and what they can get out of that on Saturday afternoon Mm -hmm. in Scottsdale and Sunday evening in Launceston. We're going to be looking at rest for the soul and symbols in the sun. Again, two very, very important and interesting topics. So make sure you're there. Mm -hmm. The the venues have changed. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go to the Launceston one, make sure you go to 125 Talbot Road, Mm -hmm. the Talbot Road Activity Centre, the building behind the Seventh-day Adventist Church on Talbot Road. Mm -hmm. And if you would like to meet in Scottsdale, you'll meet at the Seventh-day Adventist Church Mm -hmm. uh, in a Rhina Road in Mm -hmm. Scottsdale. And both of those come with a meal at 6 o'clock. So for tonight, 6 o'clock, and for tomorrow night in Launceston at 6 o'clock as well. So come along, have something to eat at 6, and then we'll have the program starting at 6.30. Yes. um, If you're around Launceston, make sure you attend. There's just so much to learn and, um, yeah. Mm. I really recommend you attend. Um, so getting into today's program, did you want to quickly... Um, Recap. Yes, but before that, I just yes. want to remind our listeners of our studio number. It's zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. 880 Text us any questions, any comments, any feedback, and um, we'll also have a listener question for you. And also, if you're not able to get us through radio, you can um, listen to us on the Faith FM app or the website um, on www.faithfm.com.au. Thanks, Tabitha. Yes, last week we were looking at what the Holy Spirit does Mm -hmm. and how God sent the Holy Spirit to not leave us alone and to guide us and protect us in the future and and help us to grow closer to Him. And that was uh, the titled uh, program, Ripening the Crop. Today we're going to be looking at how God warns us ahead of time uh, and and wants us to be less self-centered in the program called Laodicea. Mm-hmm. So maybe before we start, I'll have a quick prayer and ask God to guide us as we read, and then I'll get you to read the section in Revelation we're going to look at. Okay. Lord, we thank you that we have your word here today. And Lord, we pray that you will open it to us, speak to us through that helper that you talked about last week, the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. that we might understand what you have to say to us today in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. So just a few verses for you to read today, Tabitha. If you could read Revelation um, 3, Mm -hmm. verse 14 through to 18. Sure. Um, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. 
I know all the things you do, that you're ne- neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing, and you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me, so you will not be shamed by your nakedness, and ointment for your eyes, so you will be able to see. Thank you very much. I I asked you to read that from the NLT, and that's because it was very easy to understand from the NLT. It talks in language that we recognize and we use today. Mm. Seven letters to seven churches. You know, there's another time in history when a number of letters of warning were sent. Mm -hmm. You might remember uh, the Titanic. Before that fateful night on the 14th of April 1912, the captain of the Titanic actually received no less than six letters warning him about the ice that was ahead, the icebergs, and to slow down and be careful and and post a good lookout. Mm -hmm. However, being so self-sufficient and um, satisfied in the invincibility of his ship, mm. he, he he boasted proudly not even God could sink this ship and he had a deadline he wanted to meet and he steamed on regardless. Mm. It was to be a fateful boast actually because very soon he was proven wrong that not, not God mm-hmm. could stop the ship or would stop the ship but simply frozen ice or frozen water mm. and, and he hits this iceberg side on. He probably would have been better off hitting it head on mm. but he hits it side on and opens up the side of the ship so badly that you know the rest. Mm. And all of this could have been so easily avoided by simply slowing down and paying heed to the warning. So so too today, you know, we're in a very precarious position. Mm. We're proudly steaming on with self-sufficient lives. We ignore the warnings that are ahead. And today we're actually going to look at how God continues to warn us through these letters, specifically Mm. the letter to Laodicea, Mm. but through the letters that he has in the beginning of Revelation here. Mm. And he warns us what's ahead and gives us a demonstration of his great love towards each of of us. Mm. And uh, through those warnings, we can see how God wants us to be better prepared. Mm, that's amazing, David. Mm. Indeed, um, some so many times, or some sometimes we even f- like with our the relationship we have our, with our parents. Uh, most of the time, anyway, our parents will be the ones um, guiding us, like before we get to a certain age, mm. and they will warn us, um, "Do not do this. Do not do this." Yeah. But we just we have to do it ourselves. Age. Yeah, and we <laughs> just think, "Oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about." And mm. later on, we actually come to realize they were right. That's so, it. Yeah, it's always look, always good to look up to the person who is higher. And for this yes. case, it's our Lord, um, our Savior, who is our Savior. That's it. Do you want me to share the question and then you'll go to a break for us? Yes, please. Right. So the, the listener question I'd like them to respond to today if they're listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've given the number already. Uh, have you experienced a church that was cold or lukewarm and how did you feel when you were there? So what was your experience with going into a place where you thought it would be warm and inviting and it wasn't? Yes, please text us your answers to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We're going to listen to this song called Christ the Sure and Steady Anchor by Matt Papa.
Christ, the sure and steady anchor by Matt Papa. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters with David Maxwell. And I just want to remind our listeners of our listener question. Um, have you experienced a church that was cold or lukewarm? 
And how did you feel there? Have you ever attended a church and not feel welcome, not feel like people actually even acknowledged your presence or just felt like you didn't fit in or like you just felt out of place? Um, mm. Please text us your responses to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We'd like to hear from you. And um, also later on, we, we have a, a free offer today to give out, and that is the book, The Science of Prayer. We'll give you more information after the next break. Um, so we're looking at God's amazing love through the way he wants us ahead of time. So we'll have time to correct our behaviors before he comes. And what, what would you like to share about these verses today, David? Yeah, look, thanks, Tabitha. This section we're going to go through something I call the history of tomorrow. That's that's prophetic, you know, where God gives us this information before the events actually happen. And these seven churches of Revelation actually relate to seven physical churches, but they weren't all the churches. And it appears that that these these messages appear to uh, apply to all churches down through time as well as specific church periods, specific mm-hmm. church periods. So there are a number of scholars that actually see these seven churches of Revelation, the letters to these seven churches of Revelation, applying both physically and historically. And it's clear that the letter was to physical churches, as I said. Mm-hmm. They're named Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And these churches, starting with Ephesus, were within about a 40 to 50 kilometre radius. Ephesus was the closest to Patmos. And if a message was going to be sent, it would go to Ephesus and then it would continue in a clockwise direction around these seven churches. Now, it's not complete Mm-hmm. representing all the churches uh, well sorry it is representing all the churches because it's not complete there were only seven churches but seven are named for a specific reason there were churches like um, Corinth there were churches like um, Colossae you know there were there were churches that were of more important Heropolis there was one in Heropolis they were more important than just some of these seven churches. So it's indicative that it's more than just the physical churches. So with this in mind, a review of the messages in general church history shows some parallels as Renko Stefanovic in his book Revelation of Jesus Christ. Some people may have read that. And it's a commentary, a very, very in-depth um, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, commentary on the book of Revelation. If you've never read it, mm-hmm. get a hold of it somehow and read it through. It's very, very eye-opening. <clears throat> so as we look at the first re- uh, Ephesus, mm-hmm. it represents, as we look at these parallels, not specifically to the the physical church, not to all the churches where there's some of these characteristics in every church throughout the ages, but we're going to just briefly look at those links between the message in Revelation that we have today, the, the readable one, and the section in church history of the church period down through history so ephesus seems to as um, as ranko talks about represents the church of the first century it starts well but by the time john's writing in 95 ad it's already starting to lose its first love 
Now that's that's interesting, and that's the the church period of Ephesus. And then we have Smyrna. Smyrna represents the next era of intense persecution um, of the second and third centuries under the Romans, under Nero, um, and Nero and others start really persecuting the early Christian church, and that represents the message that's given in Smyrna. Pergamum. You have this reflective of the compromising churches of the 4th and 5th centuries. So here you have a Constantine, um, inverted commas, converting. We're not sure if it's a genuine conversion, but it appears that it was genuine. Mm -hmm. However, many people have questioned that. And and this uh, conversion of Constantine brings compromise into the church in in those um, beginning in the 4th and moving into the 5th centuries. And it brings in an era of peace to Constantine's domain, but he does it by allowing the pagan rituals and pagans to enter the Christian church, changing a worship day from Saturday to Sunday, and and, uh, allowing his, I guess, more unity in his kingdom, but at the same time bringing uh, pagan beliefs into the church. Some some people have uh, referred it to as the Christians, sorry, the pagans becoming Christians, but the Christian church becoming more pagan. Mm. And I think that's a good uh, analogy to draw with that time in history. Then we have Thyatira. Thyatira reflects the church of the Middle Ages. Uh, The church of Thyatira was completely corrupt. It was uh, mentioned uh, as John writes in Revelation chapter 2. And it also reflects the church of the Middle Ages, Completely corrupt traditions have come in they're more important than God's word and it persecutes those within it that remain faithful to God so in this message to Thyatira you notice that there are some who haven't um, there are some who've not known the depths of Satan John says or, or Jesus says to John as he records it and so they've got a message of encouragement. So there are some, and that's what happens in this the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages. There are still some, but they are really completely oppressed. Mm-hmm. Then you have Sardis. Sardis is this period of the Reformation and post-Reformation of the 15th to 18th centuries. The reformers are unable to resurrect the dead church, their own dead church. So, you know, Luther's... Luther's um, impetus, I guess, was not to start a new church. He simply wanted to reform his own church. Mm -hmm. He saw there was so much of that going on in his church that was wrong, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to change it. So he gets these 92 theses, the things that he says are wrong, and he he nails them to the door of the Wittenberg church, a very brave thing to do. And the end of that is that they, they make him leave the church. There's a lot that goes on between there, but we haven't got time to go through all of that. And so unable to resurrect his own dead church, he steps away from it and they start their own movements to keep God's true gospel alive. Then we have Philadelphia, and this parallels the the missionary movements of the late 18th century as God moves... Um, as God's real church, this is, moves from the stagnant dead one to new and living churches of the Reformation and restart the mission of the gospel faithfully in all the world. And when you look at that message to Philadelphia, it's about a faithful church, a really faithful church. And then, surprisingly, it finishes with then 
Laodicea. After having such a faithful movement, we have this Laodicean church, and it represents the self-sufficient church at the time of the end, puffed up, happy to sit um, and and bide their time. Um, They're feeling full of the gospel, full of everything, uh, full of the spirit, but actually, that's how they feel, Mm. but actually they're void of God's presence. You know, this is how history unfolded right up to today. However, there's still hope. There's still hope. At the end of each of these messages to the churches, there's a common phrase, to him who overcomes. We'll talk a bit more about that later on. But, you know, at the end of even even the dead church, it says, to him who overcomes. To him who overcomes, he gives a promise mm. to the one that overcomes. He keeps my works till the end. Mm-hmm. To him I'll, I will give more power of the nations. He will rule them. And mm-hmm. These promises are fantastic that, that even in a dead church, God gives a promise mm-hmm. as he perseveres with the church and works with the church and works with the people. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, well, what I like about these letters in Revelation is, yes, they were addressing real problems in those churches of the day. Mm-hmm. And the letter, as in the whole book of Revelation, there wasn't one letter sent to Thyatira and one to Philadelphia mm-hmm. and one to Laodicea. John was told at the beginning of Revelation to write mm-hmm. what he sees mm-hmm. and put it in a book and send it to all the churches. And as you see that clockwise mm-hmm. Ephesus and to all the other churches, mm-hmm. you see that all the churches would have heard the dirty laundry <laughs> of all the other churches and they would have gained a blessing from those warnings just like we have down through time so clearly god knows the future before it happens he outlines it in the form of these messages to these seven particular churches as opposed to any of the others um, in asia minor in the first century and then now looking down through time we see that we can benefit so much by reading these stories today Mm, indeed. I believe it's time for us to take the next break. Uh, but before we do that, we have, we've got a response from one of our, our active listeners, uh, Maggie. Maggie is one of the active listeners and she likes to text in and we appreciate that. Um, so Maggie has texted saying, Morning guys, you have just asked to hear of our experiences in a church. One comes to mind, um, about 20, 20 years ago, my family and I went to look for a church in Auckland, New Zealand. We were new from Zimbabwe, so went to one close to where we were living. As we were walking from the car park to the church, a lady came rushing out and straight off asked us what we wanted. We said we were looking for a church to attend. Next, she asked us, do you speak in tongues? No, I said, and she said to me, well, you're not welcome here. We couldn't believe. Oh. Unbelievable, really unbelievable. And it's my hope and belief that um, Maggie kept looking and found the right church where she felt she belongs. Um, I encourage our listeners to keep texting in um, if they mm. ever experienced a church that was cold or lukewarm and how they felt there. Please text us your answers to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. We are going to listen to this song called Choose Life by Carly Fletcher. Each new day God gives you a choice to make Blessing or cursing 
Life or death, it's in your hands. The choice is yours to make. So what will you choose today? Therefore, choose life that you and your descendants may live. Will you love the Lord your God and obey His voice? For God is your life and the length of your days. So what will you choose? Will you choose life? Life or death, blessing or cursing, the choice is in your hands. How will you choose to live? And so this day, I have a choice to make. Blessing or cursing, life or death. How will I live? The choice is mine to make. I choose Jesus Christ and His way, and so I choose life that me and my descendants may live. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Will you love the Lord your God and obey his voice? For God is your life and the length of your days. So, what will you choose? Will you choose life? That's Choose Life by Carly Fletcher, and you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell. Um, so, David, you mentioned before the break, as we read in our reading earlier, that God was aware of what was happening in the churches in John's day, and he was also foretelling what the different church, church historical periods would be like. It seems that God was warning of the failings in the churches throughout history and allowing time for them to correct their ways. Yes, that's right, Tabitha. It shows me how important it is for each person, even as we come to church, to stay connected with God. You know, Maggie's experience, uh, as as she was saying, how unwelcome she felt with that church. You know, if you have these things that the Bible says you should have externally, 
but you miss the fruit of the Spirit, that's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, um, self-control and, and others, mm-hmm. then do you really have the Spirit? You know, that's it's just so important, mm-hmm. so important. Mm-hmm. Jesus never rejected anyone who came, and so we've got to be sure that we don't reject people who came, mm-hmm. or who, who come looking for a blessing. And uh, I, it just hurts my heart to hear mm. that someone would go to a church seeking God and be turned away like that. Mm. So I would hope that Maggie kept looking and she found a loving church. Mm. For sure, yeah. So would you like me to continue? Would you like me to continue with this section talking about the the last church in Laodicea? Yes, please continue, David. All right. And yeah. then before the break, I'll, I'll let you advertise that book. How's that sound? Yeah, sounds great. Right, so look, it's really important as we see how God applies this foreknowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, He also shows his care by warning to the last day church period as well through this example in the church of Laodicea. So Laodicea is first mentioned elsewhere in the Bible. So you you may have uh, read the book of Colossians. If you read the book of Colossians, Laodicea is mentioned there in four places. And it's apart from Revelation, it's the only place in the Bible where Laodicea is mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not much that can be gleaned about the church there. Uh, its character, its issues, or anything like that. However, the message to the Colossians is generally quite positive. As Paul closes his letter to the Colossian Christians, there's no rebuke mentioned for Laodicea, only a charge to read this book of uh, the Colossians to also those in Laodicea. And the one that's written in Laodicea, which we don't actually have, we don't have that letter, to the church in Colossae. So it appears that the church is quite robust at that point. Mm-hmm. However, just about 35 years later, so, so this, is, uh, this is being written, the Colossians is being written in about 61 AD. Um, Revelation and these letters to the seven churches are reading, re- being written appears around about 95 AD. Mm-hmm. So just 30 years later, there's this striking admonition that's written to Laodicea, where Laodicea has appeared, has appeared to have gone from this growing Christ-centered church to a navel-gazing one. Now, I've got an example here of when I went to these areas uh, in the Middle East. I went to Colossae, I went to Laodicea, I went to Heropolis. It was amazing to see the practicality of the application that's written in this letter. As you go to Hierapolis, you, you can go up onto these white hills. So when you look from a distance, it looks like they're covered with snow. When you get up close, you notice that this is, um, I don't know if you call it fossilised, but but um, mineral salts mm. that have embedded themselves on the hill as the water flows down over time and it dries up and you're left with this uh, this hardened, salty um, um sediment if you like <clears throat> so when you go through um, Hierapolis you can sit in the hot pools there's these hot bubbling waters that you can sit in even one of the hotels we stayed at had a natural hot spring and you could sit in there and go up from the warm to the very 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 hot that you couldn't stay in for more than about 
five or ten seconds. Mm. So this hot water was really, really beneficial. It was beneficial for relieving tired muscles uh, when when you, you soak in it and for many other things, you know, really, really rejuvenating. As you stand in the valley of Laodicea, you can look up to the hills of uh, Colossae and up there in the hills we were standing in 35 to 40 degree temperatures in the middle of summer and you could still see the snow on the hills on the top of Colossae Mm. and and I thought this was incredible. The Laodiceans were very advanced when it came to water usage And what they would do is they, they, you can see the pipes in the ground today. So plumbing wasn't a, a new invention. They had it way back then. And they would plumb the water, the hot water, mm. from Heropolis on one side, the mountains on one side, and they would plumb the water from Colossae, the cold water from Colossae on the other side. Now, when, when you're standing in 30 to 40 degree heat, Mm-hmm. Cold water is refreshing. It's useful. It's very, very useful. And in this letter to the Laodiceans, God says, Jesus says to the church of Laodicea, I would rather that you're hot mm-hmm. or cold. And as you're standing in that place, you realize that if you're hot in this area, the local application, you're useful. Mm-hmm. If you're cold, you're useful. But if you're lukewarm, if you're not hot and you're not cold and you don't have that ability to bless in some way, there's really no use. Mm. There's really no use for Mm. a church that's lukewarm. So as you stand, as we're standing there in Laodicea, the meaning of this text just became so clear. Mm-hmm. Be useful one way or the other, mm. but don't be pretending to be warm when you're not. Don't pretend to be refreshing when you're not. Mm. And they think, as a church, that they have everything, but they've actually, they've actually spiritually got nothing. So on review Mm. of the first discussion point I raised about these churches reflecting the historical periods of the church, Mm -hmm. Laodicea also reflects our day. Mm. You know, it's the last church in the seven, Mm. and it's the last church period before Jesus comes. So you're saying that the Laodicean Laodicean church's characteristics were similar to our churches today, wealthy and self-sufficient, but not really looking after anyone as they should have or carrying out their intended mission as God's charge. Yeah, that's right, Tabitha. So mm. there's a warning there to us as well today. Uh, but we'll talk more about that after the break. How about you, um, I'll throw to you to actually talk about this free offer, the book, before The Science I, of Prayer. Yes, I'll do that. But before mm. that, we've got a response from Maggie, and this is beautiful. Um, so Maggie is saying, thank you. Thank the Lord, I found the Seventh-day Adventist. Thanks, Tabitha, and I've learned so much since my husband and I started our first Bible study in Toowoomba. We were baptized three years ago in the Monto Church. Among other Bible studies, Faith FM has contributed to our knowledge so very much. I've been going to church all my life and never learned a thing compared to what the Seventh-day Adventist Mm. Church has taught us. Praise the Lord for that. Oh, what a blessing. That just makes me feel really good after the previous yeah. message. This is good to know. This is positive is. message. Um, so today's book offer is The Science of Prayer, and um, that is by Peter Gregory. Um, have you ever felt like your prayers never go past the ceiling, that God didn't hear you, that your prayers were old and stale? 
Pastor Gregory, Gregory analyzes the Lord's Prayer and compares its par- parallels with the Ten Commandments. He considers prayer as obedience, sanctifying, and even prophetic. The Lord's Prayer is a beseeching instrumental manual. If we each take these commandments and follow them with all our heart, soul, spirit, and mind, our lives will never be the same again. I'll give you the code to claim this book, um, The Science of Prayer, after the break. And um, I believe this is one book I'm also going to get. Um, and this next song is If We Are Honest by Francesca Battistelli. Truth is harder than a lie The dark seems safer than the light And everyone has a heart that loves to hide I'm a mess and so are you We've built walls nobody can get through Yeah, it may be hard but the best thing by Francesca Batstelli. And you're listening to Taz Encounters with David Maxwell. And uh, just before we went for a break, I promised to give you the code to today's offer, and that is the book The Science of Prayer by Peter Gregory. Um, the code is AMAZING14, 
amazing number 14 no space in between text that to 0488880891 amazing 14 a m a z i n g number 14 no space in between to 0488880891 to get the book the science of prayer and before the break um david you shared that the last church mentioned in the letters in revelation um and that is the church of laodicea also related to the state of the church today and to the time of Jesus' return. Um, that is lukewarm. Do you have some more to share with us um, on this to wrap up? Yes, I do, Tabitha. Thanks for that. And look, it's important as we wrap up today to see how big God's love is. He gives us ample opportunities to change our wrong ways. Just like that song uh, explained, you know, hurt divides mm. um, and mercy is waiting on the other side if we're honest. And that's Mm. really important to recognise that we make mistakes. And when we do make mistakes, like that person who spoke to Maggie in that church, Mm. it's important that we recognise we make a mistake and try and make it right. And this is what God wants us to do because as we change our wrong ways, as we come to him and allow him to make the changes, Mm -hmm. then we have every opportunity to be saved. And this is what God is showing us through the one of the things God is showing us through this book, uh, through this letter to the Church of Laodicea, also reflecting our time. God is not interested in destroying us Mm. if he can save us. Mm. It's only if we persistently refuse God's advances, his his mercy, that eventually we have to be given what we choose. Mm. There's a story in Matthew 25 that helps Mm. um, to show us a little bit about this being prepared uh, or appearing to be uh, prepared. And it's the parable of the ten virgins who who were waiting for the bridegroom. Mm -hmm. Now, all of these ten virgins went out to meet the bridegroom with their oil lamps. That's what they had in those days. Mm. Five of them went prepared with extra oil Mm. just in case there was a delay of some kind and they needed more oil, Mm. but the other five didn't. Now, the interesting thing here is that the women in prophecy, in parables, uh, and many times elsewhere in the Bible, the women or a woman prophetically relates to a church there's there's so many verses that relate to that we haven't got time Mm. to share them all today but clearly in prophecy at least um, and it appears in this parable that jesus is talking about in matthew 25 women relate to the church now these are pure women so Mm. a pure woman uh, points to a pure church and an impure woman or a harlot or prostitute or whatever you want to call it in in prophecy relates to an impure church or a, a faithless church. Mm. So in this parable there are ten pure women, mm. virgins, so ten pure women and yet only five of the pure women, the faithful women, are prepared. Mm. As they wait, the bridegroom takes much longer to arrive than they expect. And just like the Laodicean church in the last days, Mm -hmm. it's not just the five foolish virgins, as they're called, that Mm -hmm. fall asleep. All the pure churches, all of God's churches, fall asleep. Mm -hmm. All fall asleep. I I can remember when I was young, uh, we used to have... Christmas, uh, we used to have presents. I came from uh, another faith. 
Mm-hmm. And and that's what we would do. We would have this, this, you know, I remember it as a really exciting time. And we knew that there would be a sock on the end of our bed in the morning as well as the presents under the tree. We A present. We'd all get one. And we would look. We would try and stay awake. We would try and see who it was that was bringing the sock. We wanted to see whether it was this person called Santa or whether it was just mum and dad. So we would try and stay awake. It was exciting. We'd stay awake. We'd stay awake. We'd stay awake. And then eventually we just couldn't stay awake anymore. We'd always fall asleep. Mm. And you see, mum and dad were very clever in that they would wait until we fell asleep before they brought it in. So we had no hope. But here, throughout the Bible, um, these churches are waiting to see Jesus return. Throughout history, these churches are waiting for Jesus' return. And some haven't been preparing for a long delay. Mm. You know, even in those, the, the first church, uh, it appeared that they thought that Jesus was coming really quickly. But mm. in essence, he wasn't. He, he was going to have a long delay. Mm. So throughout the Bible, oil often represents the Holy Spirit, and especially when speaking prophetically. One example can be seen in Zechariah chapter 4 in the vision of the two olive trees. So it's pretty clear that being prepared means having a spiritual relationship with God, a meaningful relationship with God, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's important also to note that being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't stop the five, five wise virgins from falling asleep. The, the, the faithful churches, the prepared churches, they prepared, they had a full measure of the Holy Spirit beforehand, but they still got tired of waiting and they fell asleep. I think that's very significant because it shows me, it shows me that, you know, God is gracious. Mm. If we're doing everything we can, you know, he, he, he overlooks our humanity. Mm. And so these churches got sick of waiting. So in these letters to the churches in Revelation, there's a message of hope at the end of everyone, even to the unfaithful churches, Mm. even to the dead church. In each of the letters, it says at the end of it, to him who overcomes. Mm. So even in a dead church, there's a possibility that you can overcome, Mm. that you can turn your life around. Mm. So where Jesus gives these promises to those who remain faithful, regardless of the obstacles they face, even in the church is considered compromising, corrupt, loveless, dead, or even lukewarm. Mm. So God shows his amazing love in that regardless of what spiritual condition uh, of your church or your personal life, uh, the physical church you belong or, or the era of church that you, that you live in, he's willing to do everything he can to help you get to know him better and build a relationship that will stand the test of time and any delays until he returns. Mm. So God gives a message to the people in his day. Jesus gives this message to the people Mm -hmm. in John's day, Mm -hmm. the early church of Laodicea, that self-sufficiency is deadly. You know, rather they need to be totally dependent on God. They think Mm -hmm. they have it all. When you look at today, in today's last church, Mm -hmm. the message is the same. You know, we need God's refining gold, as Mm -hmm. it says. Mm -hmm. We need his righteous covering. We can't do it on our own. Mm -hmm. And we need to be able to see through clear spiritual eyes Mm -hmm. how things really are and be ready, if we're going to be ready when Mm -hmm. Jesus comes. Yeah, thank you so much for that sharing. Um, This reminds me, like this morning when I was saying a prayer, I prayed to God to give me patience because sometimes <laughs> that is one thing I struggle with. Like when I'm working on my goals or, you know, I just want things to happen fast. 
mm. like to happen very fast. And um, I was just thinking that, like, just listening to your message today, I'm just thinking that, you know, sometimes, like, before you, even before asking for patience, like, just thinking of the effort and um, the efforts you put in working on something and also the relationship, like, in terms of God, um, this our relationship with God, the effort we put, the time we put into building that relationship will be... Will equate to um, us not feeling impatient because of that trust. You know, we, when we have built that good relationship with God, then we are patient and um, yeah, don't even need to ask. Like we'll just wait, and you know, we'll, we'll be like we're ready, God. When you're ready to mm. come, we are ready. Yeah, ready yeah. You take us home. And that's my challenge and appeal today, you know. Such is God's amazing love demonstrated for each of us that he's warned us well ahead of time. Mm. Um, even when we have that patience issue or other things like that, he's warned us ahead of time so we recognize mm. our true spiritual condition, that impatience or whatever we face, mm. and then we'll submit to his leading. So that's that's all I have for you this, this today, Tabitha. Thank you so much for your sharing. And I believe, it's my hope and belief that our listeners have been blessed because um, this message is very um, encouraging and very powerful. Um, so what do you have for us next week, David? Next week, I've got a talk entitled The Love of the Spirit. We actually look how God demonstrates his love. Uh, he confirms his promises through the Holy Spirit and and uh, and how that affects us. Mm. So I hope you tune in next week. I think it's a really good topic. Yes, I hope you'll be with us. And um, next week on Monday, we have David Leo cont- uh, continuing with this series of programs titled Encounters with Jesus. And David will be talking about walking trees. Mm, very very good. interesting yeah so please tune in on monday to know more about what david is going to share and uh, i just want to remind our listeners of the code to today's offer um the code is zero four double uh, sorry the code is amazing 14 amazing mm. number 14 text that to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one no spaces in between amazing 14 to zero four double eight Double eight zero eight nine one to get the book, The Science of Prayer. And I hope you have the you enjoyed the rest of your day wherever you are. Um, thank you for listening to us, and we're going out with this song called "Grace That Is Greater" mm. by Pad Mylad.
his face Will you this moment his grace receive? Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that will pardon and cleanse within Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that is greater than all our sins Greater 